What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. My name is Rick Grunewald, and I'm here with my host, Ryan Gerard. And we are back from a short off-season hiatus. Ryan, we took a little bit of time off, enjoyed Thanksgiving with family and friends. It is now the 5th of December, but we're back into the podcast groove, and it's good to be back. Yeah. Um, why don't we kind of start off with what we what we did over the last month? What we've been doing. I think... It's uh, safe to say that we've been thoroughly enjoying uh, a little bit of off-season, for sure. We ended, I think we kind of ended out our cycling racing season in October with a couple of cyclocross races, which were a ton of fun. We did. I thought they went well. Yeah, I think they went well, too. And I think I we think... both were scoring some, uh, um, you know, top 10s for you, a top top 15s for yeah. me, so pretty I think happy. the best part is that we both kind of agreed that we weren't going to race in bad weather. Yeah, it was, was great. I thought that was awesome. You know, when you have zero expectations on a race season, it's so easy to just, you know, call it call it on those days where you don't want to go out in the cold and uh, just stick to the fun days, stick to the above 40 degree days. You know? It is really unfortunate. I will say that we had, that we didn't have to, but we missed the uh, one race that's like a half mile down the road. Yeah, well, that was a bit of a bummer. There's two things going on. I don't it was regret actually, it. I don't regret it either because it was your birthday. We had a lot of fun doing it some gambling. Horrendous. Cur- it conditions. was. It looked. It looked not fun. It no, looked it not did very not fun. Look fun. Yeah, it looked. It, it snowed. There was snow on the ground. It, the it entire was, course was just mud. I, I saw a lot of pictures. People didn't look like they were having fun. Covered in mud. Covered in mud. They did not look like Head they were having toe. fun. Yeah, it was miserable. And some people really get into that like muddy cross race. I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those people either. Yeah, I'm okay with that. So we had a good time doing the cross races that we wanted to do. A lot of local races that we could just kind of pick and choose from, like 20 minute or less drive from our houses, which are very close to each other. So... Um, yeah, it was super nice, and we had a, had a nice way of rounding out the season, and then we kind of, like, um, you know, took a little bit of time off the bike. I think neither of us really did a lot of... I did a little bit of riding in November. I didn't do any. I, I actually stayed on the trainer. I was doing one or two workouts a week just to kind of... Because um, I didn't do, like, a ton of racing, a ton of intense training this, this winter. Or not this winter, sorry, this past season. So I felt like, you know, I was kind of maintaining a little bit over, like, November, um, but myself, I just did a little bit of bike work. I did a lot of running, swimming, and then just a lot of other sports. Tennis, racquetball, basketball, ping pong, a lot of just a lot of variety of stuff. And I had a great like month of November. It was a lot of fun. What were you doing, Ryan? I was doing similar. Um, I got a gym membership. So me yes. and Anna did a lot of swimming, running, and weightlifting. Nice. It sounds like a solid off season. So yeah, far. you know, it was really nice to uh, learn something new. Yeah, for sure. It's it's nice sucking at something for a little while. Yeah, and not to say that we are good and at bike racing, but nice to do something that, like you're a complete beginner at essentially. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of leads me into also like how that made me rethink what I want to keep doing because you know I don't know if we talked about this before because. Um, you get to a point where you kind of think like, where do I want to go from here? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for me, like hitting a cat two level is a really good goal. It's a very attainable goal based on your results this year too. Yeah. Right. Couple wins, a yeah. lot of podiums. So definitely I, attainable. Yeah. So I think like that'll be my goal next year. But then after that, I think I want to kind of 
go after something new. Yeah. You know, try like start start over again, <laughs> and like try to work up to an Ironman. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool goal. I mean, that's kind of a long-term goal, too, because this year you're going to be doing a lot of bike racing still. Um, But it's cool to have that in mind. Um, It's really weird, or not weird, but it's funny that you bring that up. I've been reading a book lately. It's a really short book, and I highly recommend it. Um, It's by an author called Seth Godin, um, who's a pretty interesting guy. He does a lot. He's known as like kind of a, a business thought leader, and he wrote a book called The Dip. And The Dip is a book about the point in which something at the point at which anything you should either keep going or give up and i think everybody no matter what you're doing that you experience like getting over that first hump where you're a complete beginner and then all of a sudden you kind of make those easy gains in that progress so you get over like that initial beginner hump which is basically like just getting out the door and doing it and i think for a lot of people you know with bike racing that might just be getting your first couple category upgrades. I think that's kind of where we are, right? I mean, we trained and raced for just a couple of years before we ended up, I mean, really two years before we were cat threes, Mm -hmm. maybe even less. Um, And then you kind of hit this, you call like a wall, but in the book it's described as a dip. And it's kind of a moment where you have to realize, you know, either I'm okay with kind of grinding away and like making that slow progress that will take maybe, I don't know, a long time to be like, really good at something so that could be like going from a cat two to a cat three could be going from a cat or cat three to cat two a cat two to a cat one um or maybe you just kind of get to a point where you want to just do something different and it's interesting in the book because it's like uh talks about how like that's completely fine like it doesn't matter which path you choose as long as you pick the one that you think is the best path is that the uh same guy who has like the 80 percent rule what's the 80 percent rule it's once you've hit 80 percent um you should do something new. No, that's because um, that last like twenty percent is like that's perfection, right? Okay. Or, or I'm sorry, no, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's um that's the Patagonia CEO. Uh, oh, really? Yvonne okay. Chenard, and and um yeah, I think he has that rule. It's called like the eighty percent rule, 80% where rule. you can get to eighty percent in any activity pretty yes. quick. Maybe I mean maybe a year, maybe two say, years. Yeah, I wouldn't say quick, but it's like you can work towards eighty percent and see yeah. consistent um, progress. Yeah, and it's once you get to eighty percent and beyond, right? It takes significantly more, and you see significantly less. So, like, let's say. So once he hits eighty mm-hmm. percent, he finds something new to do and yeah. starts over. Let's say you do bike racing for twenty years. Yeah, and I say you, five years is that eighty percent. I at two I would consider the eighty. I I actually think you hit the eighty percent before that. I think you hit the eighty percent in two years. You think so? Mm-hmm. And I think you spend the next eighteen years going after the twenty percent, and then um, maybe you even hit ninety five percent in ten years, and then you spend the next ten going after the five percent. Um, you know, it's like if you want to be really good at anything, it just requires a lot of time, and it's there's some people who. Um, they're, they just want to chip away and work on one thing and they're totally cool with that. And like, I know a lot of guys that, you know, they've just been racing for three decades, some four decades, and that's just their thing. Like they're always, they're just constantly moving towards that last 20%. But then some people, you know, and I think yourself maybe, um, and even myself too, it's like pretty happy getting to a certain level and maybe trying something else. So for you, it might be Ironman. For me, it might be doing a gravel race or like dirty Kansas or even, you know, I maybe I'll do the Ironman too. Who knows? Yeah. Cause one thing I always think of is like those people that do do it for, you know, decades, 
you hit a certain point where you just can't do more. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like every single year you you start at the same point and you end at the same point. Like you mm-hmm. really can't get any better. I don't I don't think that's necessarily true, but I think because I don't think you end at the same point, but I think the amount that you get better is so small. So like maybe when you first start doing something, you're used to getting 20% better every year. But then eventually that goes down to like 1% better a year. Um, like uh, I forgot what podcast that I was listening listening to, but a lot of pros, if they see, a, um, you know, let's say they have a 400 watt FTP and they see an increase of two to five watts in the course of a year, that's a huge improvement for them. Because so, you're going after, I mean, at that point, that's 0.25%, right? But that's at the, like, the pinnacle of bike racing. I'm talking about those guys who still work 40, 50 hours a week. Yeah. I think it, I 50 think it's, years old. But I think the same thing even applies. Like, you think so? I don't think you necessarily, if you're working at something, I don't think you necessarily start and end at the same point, unless unless you're not changing anything with your training, right? But I think the gains are just so minimal that you have to really, that's why people always say like, you've got to love the process. You've got to love training and you've got to love like, you know, getting out and riding on your bike because the gains are so small that you hardly notice them even in the course of like a year, right? It might take you four years to be like, oh yeah, I guess I'm like a little bit faster than I was four years ago. Sure, okay. But yeah, I get what you're saying though. It feels like you're, it feels like you're starting at the same point from year to year. Yeah, okay. So each year you're just getting making such minimal gains. Exactly. Okay. So you really at that point like you've got to appreciate like just the process and like mm-hmm. and that's kind of back to that thing I talked about. It's like that's the dip, right? A lot people get to the dip and I think that defines people that find success that might not have like a ton of natural talent. They they don't mind or they like what they're doing so much that they push past the dip. Sure. And it might take a long time, but like that, everybody else, um, you know, uh, whether they stop training or they find a different sport or just, you know, do something else, they don't make it past the dip, which is totally fine. But then the people that actually stick with it, you know, they find the success at some point later on. Yeah. See, I don't think it's so much sticking with it. I just think it's being able to, um, do more, you know, it's the difference between doing 10 to 12 hours a week and 18 to 20 hours a week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you're having the capabilities or the time to be able to keep progressing, you know, for sure. That's kind of what I mean is like those, you know, a nine to five guy who's been doing it for 20 years can only train 10 hours a week. For sure. So year after year, how do you continue progressing uh, on 10 hours a week? Yeah, for sure. You can still get to a pretty high level. Oh yeah. 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 For sure. It's just, you hit that, that ceiling that, of that ten hour, ten hour a week ceiling gets you so high, right? Yeah. So that's I think a pretty good segue into what our next topic is, which is um, how do you approach the off season to set yourself up to have a really good race season, regardless of what kind of racing you're doing, whether it be you know really long distance events, gravel races, or if you want to do shorter stuff like crits, like a lot of the stuff that we like to do. Um, and I thought a great case study would be um, yourself, Ryan, how you approached the last off season. So how you went into you know the winter of 2018, 2019, what you did through the winter, what kind of gains that you saw through that period, and how did it translate into 
your season later on, essentially. So I guess starting back with about this time last year, what were you doing when you began training for this past season? So I did, I officially really started training at the beginning of November. And this, and after this, I'll get into what I'm doing this year. Okay. But so I did a uh, lesser plan in November. Okay. Just to kind of an easier month. That was kind of like my off month, but I was still biking. And by plan, um, what are you referring? Road. Okay, so yeah, you're a big so fan I mean, of Trainer Road. You used that last year. Yeah, I did yeah. like the mid volume plan on Trainer Road, which is roughly five and a half, six hours a week. And that's six hours of structured training. Yeah. You're on the trainer. You're doing intervals. Yeah. A lot of sweet spot work, right? Okay. Um, And then once I hit December, I did, uh, I attempted to do a high volume plan, but it changed into a uh, combination of the mid volume and high volume plan, Okay. which is still what I do today. I kind of think that the mid volume isn't enough, but the high volume is too much. So I actually do the high volume but then I take out recovery rides. And I'll get to that, back to mm-hmm. that later. I think that point that you just made is super important um, where you you weren't quite ready for the high volume plan. And that's both, Was do you think that was a combination of time or was honestly, that more of like a, a huge, you couldn't handle it? Honestly, probably 70% of it was just mentally it was really hard yeah and that's fair you don't want to burn yourself out mentally in the winter right you're like you're still essentially four months away from even riding outside yeah so and you know you're working like a full-time job mm -hmm. it's just really mentally hard especially when you're tired it's like like a wednesday or thursday you're halfway through the week you know you're just kind of mentally tired and then you have to get on the bike to do a two-hour ride that's like really hard multiple times a week multiple times a week so it's just really mentally grueling so it's really i think that right there that like decision is where you <clears throat> set yourself up in the best possible position for the season and that you realize that um i'm not going to make it on this plan i need to dial it back and i need to like accept kind of where i'm at right yeah. and that's that's a place where i can handle you know um i don't need to do the mid volume plan but I can't quite do the high volume. Mm -hmm. So then how did you adjust between those two plans? How did you essentially fall in the middle of those two plans? So I would pretty much just do a little bit less than high volume, but more than a mid volume. So I think last year what I was doing was a two hour ride, hour and a half ride, recovery ride, two hour ride, hour and a half ride, recovery ride, Mm, and then a day off. Uh, the thing about that that I go back and look at was I'd have like two weeks of really high TSS and then a week of moderate and then like after that I'd just be destroyed. That's kind of interesting. I think a lot of people um, when they approach training they almost do it the opposite way where they build, they go lower, medium, and then a big like loading week, kind of like before your rest week. So it's interesting that you kind of you almost flip that on its head, right? Well, see, I didn't mean to though. I mean that first week you feel really good. Yeah. It's just that first week you don't realize that fourth week, you know, with one recovery ride or one recovery day a week, mm-hmm. uh, you don't realize that fourth week that like you really didn't get any recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, even your recovery rides aren't really recovery. Yeah. And then life and stuff happens. Um, your your actual days off don't uh, don't always end up being days off. You know, maybe you have to yeah. go do errands and stuff. Or you're on your feet all day. But how great did those um, rest weeks feel? 
Yeah, that's the thing is I was really looking forward like, to the rest weeks. Both mentally and physically, yeah. that must have been so great. But I mean, I also sometimes didn't feel like the rest week was enough, mm. but then I would try to push through it. So what I'm taking into this this year is I'm still doing that moderate. Well, what I'm doing is I'm doing high volume plan, okay. except I just took out the, the, like, the two recovery rides. Okay. I'm going to add an extra day of recovery and then one day of like... Uh, doing something with Anna, whether it be running, swimming, or like weightlifting. A little cross training. Yeah, a little cross training. Yeah. Uh, something that's just kind of different to kind of uh, hit different stabilizer muscles in the body. Yeah. Mix it up. Yeah. Yeah, to mix it up a little bit. It's good for your nervous system. Yeah. yeah so I want to focus more on, um, you know, when I am on the bike, it's really high quality, good rides. Yeah. Especially in the winter, you're on the trainer. There's no. Yeah. There. I know everybody has got a different way to train. There's some people I know, I've known of people that will do, you know, kind of that traditional base, low intensity, 15 to 20 hours a week on the trainer. Kudos to them. But I think for most of us that are human, it's just great to like keep your trainer and your bike workouts to something that's productive. Um, sweet spot is a pretty, uh, talked about training modality where you're kind of working the edges. You're not going super hard, but you're also not doing like, you know, those um, easy zone two rides. So kind of somewhere in the middle there. And that's gotten you a lot of great benefit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you, so I guess looking back, so that's that's generally the approach that you took from kind of like, you could say November through, you know, I guess we really didn't, you kind of planned on racing in April, but it, we didn't really start racing it, until it, May, right? May, maybe even probably June. So that kind of, that took you through most of the year, a, a solid four months for sure. Yeah. Um, so, Based on that plan, um, where did you start at the beginning of that plan, and then what was kind of your um, your ending point before you you told yourself, okay, I'm done with base, I'm ready uh, for a racing. Yeah, so um, I started at 256. Okay, um, and that's your FTP. Yeah, that was my FTP when I yeah. started in November. Okay, uh, and then I think at the end of base, I was at like. It was either, I think it was like 296 okay. at the end of base. At the end of base, at okay. At my peak last year, I so, was at 321. So just from base training, you I, put 30 yeah, watts. I put 30, 30 watts, watts on. Wow. That's where okay. I... I and, you're, and this is your fifth, sixth year of racing? Fifth, yeah, fifth year fifth. of racing? So you're by no means are you um, an untrained athlete. I will say, though, it was my first um, fully structured quality... Like off season. Okay, but I mean, all the still other years be... I was in college. It was very inconsistent training. So this was uh, the result of a highly structured, consistent base yeah. phase, mm-hmm. thirty watts, which is a massive difference. I mean, that's if you're going from two fifty six to near three hundred. I mean, that's over fifteen percent gain. Yeah, something like that on your functional I think functional more power. Than that. I think it was like twenty percent. Yeah, I mean that's that's fantastic. That's a huge gain. So. Yeah. Um, you're kind of looking. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Are you expecting the same kind of gains this year? I mean, 30 watts is a lot from base phase, but uh, I do think I will gain quite a bit back. I'm starting at 288 this year. Okay, so you retested. You're ready to go. Yes, and gotcha. that is after a month off the bike. Okay, gotcha. so at my peak last year, I was at 321. Mm. Um, and so I've lost about 40 watts. So you continue to put on 20 more watts. Yeah. 20 plus more watts through the season and that was turning down your total training load but i will say um that was when i switched over to doing a lot of like vo2 and stuff so you didn't i was doing ramp tests so so and you didn't necessarily 
you didn't necessarily increase your hours. No. This actually sounds like you decreased your hours. Yeah, I decreased a lot. But you increased, not increased, you changed the training stress, essentially. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So I think doing the ramp test and doing a lot of VO2 max, um, I may have over-tested. Okay. Just because... That's I still pretty impressive. The though. Ramp test kind of, kind of goes towards that VO two max kind of area. So, um, hmm. even which to say isn't a bad thing. I mean, even to say you got a ten watt gain yeah. through the race season is pretty impressive. I mean, most people actually lose some, um, you know, fitness through the race season because they're not riding as much. Um, but you actually manage to turn your total volume down, increase your intensity, and see gains on your FTP, which yeah. is and that was kind pretty of interesting. The, yeah, it was yeah. kind of one of the hard things, though, is that, you know, when I did a workout during the season, I mean, I could probably get maybe, like, two, maybe three hard workouts in a week because they were so intense. Yeah, and everything else was pretty easy. Everything else recovery. was very easy, yes. Yeah, recovery. Yeah, and that's kind of another thing, reason why I want to bring more recovery into this is because mm-hmm. I did see pretty good games from... You know, taking recovery days, like proper recovery days. Right. Feet up, chilling, the, yeah, abs- easy rides. Absorbing the fitness. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the second half of the equation, right? It's putting in the stress and then uh, putting your feet up and, and trying to mitigate the stress in your life to yeah. actually like reap the gains of all that work, right? Yeah. So I'm going to do seven hours a week on the bike and then add an extra like maybe hour or so um, in the gym or running, swimming. Nice. So, and I think, I honestly think that I will do really well. I think it's going to work well. I think last year I was too tired and, Mm -hmm. um, I think this year I'm just, just taking those extra recovery days will benefit, benefit me greatly. Yeah. I think, I think you'll, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how you do with a little bit more rest this year. I think it's almost like I, I, I like the way that you're doing it because a lot of the time I think that people look at their season and they look where they finished and they think I want to get X amount better. I need to put in X amount more time than I did last year. But you're almost looking at it as, all right, I'm just as busy, probably busier this year. So I'm going to put in about pretty close to the same amount of time, a little bit less, but I'm going to increase my rest. And I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, if you see the same gains, you might even see better gains this I year, to be honest. I think my average across the board will actually be pretty consistent to last year, yeah. just because my average last year was so up and down, you know? You won't have those that third week fall off where you yeah. can't quite make it so through over the week, a, right? Yeah, so over a five-week span, I don't think it'll be too much different from what I did last year. Yeah, and I think something that we want to do with the podcast is we want to check in where we're at, kind of like at the end of ten, um, weeks. 10 weeks. Yep, 10 weeks and see, uh, you know, how how base is going, like what kind of gains are we seeing um, and how we feel like going into the season once we're kind of ready to start kicking off some racing. So let's talk about you then. Um, yes. What, it, what are you doing this off season and where do you want to be? Yeah, so oh, I... Let me say real quick where I want to be in 10 weeks. Let's hear it. Uh, so in 10 weeks, um, I just want to be at about 3.15. That's okay. roughly where I ended. So I think after the month off and then uh, going through base, I think pending about 3.15, will I'll, I'll be pretty happy. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, so yeah, I mean, in terms of where, where I'm currently at, um, and I've kind of talked about this throughout the year, I really was super burnt out at the end of last year. So I took the year off of... For the first half of the year, I hardly rode, so I didn't really ride very much. Once the weather got nicer, uh, I started riding quite a bit outside, so 
I really did very little, if any, structured training. And then going into this year, um, so I'm looking at starting right around 240 for my threshold, That's which not is. Bad. Yeah, I mean, being that we're in the off season, I'm pretty okay with that. I think it's only going to go up from there. So uh, my plan is to just be pretty consistent with doing. I like to be at kind of a lower volume plan, so I'll probably honestly do only about three or four hours of complete structured work. I don't really like recovery rides very much. I usually don't put them in my plan. Personal preference. I know to be honest, the recovery rides are what are really grueling to me. I I hate them so much. I'd rather do a two hour workout than a forty five minute spin. Yeah, a that's just me. Sweet spot workout is not too bad for me. Yeah, uh, just because there is so much variation. There's yeah. a lot of recovery time, um, but like a hour and a half recovery ride is just like there's you're just on for an hour and a half and it's just like grueling yeah yeah absolutely i totally agree um so i'm actually keeping my riding my plan is very consistent three to four hours a week probably closer to three to four to five actually of super structured sweet spot work uh three for sure three days on the bike and then i include a ton of cross training in my winter i'm doing weightlifting I'm running, I'm swimming, um, I love skiing, I'm going to be gone two weeks this winter um, skiing out in Colorado, so downhill skiing, not cross-country skiing. Um, so my plan is to just be really consistent with those three workouts, keep increasing the training stress just marginally every single week, building it up, and then also keeping like my cross-training fun and pretty easy too. So that's kind of where I'm like, you know, kind of building the volume up. So if I really consider everything I'm doing, I'll probably be doing about 10 hours a week, but only about four, maybe five hours on the bike. So that's kind of my general plan going into the year. It's interesting. Two different ways to go about it, but... Yeah, and, and you know, like, I think for me that just works better because I had too many winters where I just got too burnt out too fast. I think this is, like, a good way to do it. One person's, like, doing pretty strict Mm -hmm. on all on the bike, and one person's doing... Like half on the bike, half off the bike. I mean, yeah, I'm really doing, I mean, if anything, I'm doing more than half off the bike just between my like cross training with running, swimming and skiing. Um, And that's just kind of what I like to do through the winter. I mean, I don't, I don't have any like super serious goals throughout the year. I just want to be pretty competitive when racing. And then once the weather gets nicer, I'm just planning on doing more riding. So, you know, I pretty much plan to kind of build my volume up in May and June when I can actually ride outside. Because I really like, I love going out for like, super long rides four or five six hour rides like oh it sounds great to me when the weather is super nice no arm warmers no leg warmers that's you know that sounds great to me so once we get to that point that's when my bike volume will start kind of like ramping up but until then i'm just kind of having fun and and building fitness nice and easy and where do you want to be in 10 weeks in 10 weeks i mean i don't put a lot of stock behind let's say both um like ftp and like maybe even like uh like running wise uh, or like weightlifting wise, do you do you ever test weightlifting? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's I don't I'm not a scientist, so I don't know exactly what you can all like. For, if you're doing like three different things, obviously you can't necessarily get better at all these things. If I was racing, I think you, can, you can get better. It's just you're not going to get as you can see as much progress as you would just doing like that one specific thing. But especially if you're new, mm-hmm. you'll definitely definitely see progress. Well, fair. Okay, so. I think all right. So there's three kind of three things that I'm doing in the off season. I'm run. I'm biking. So if I was able to be able to be around 
you know, 260, 270 based on my weight, that would put me a little bit north of four watts per kilo. I'd be pretty happy with that. That'd be pretty solid for me. I think that's very achievable. Um, I've been closer to 280 before, so I think I can hit 270 with, you know, just some like solid training. So happy with that. Um, running, I've basically really just been doing some pretty easy running and running just kind of like fun and just a way to like do something outside in the winter. But so I haven't really like tested myself with running. Maybe I'll do a 5K. If I could run under a 20 minute 5K, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty decent. That'd six, be running six minute. You yeah, could do a six minute mile. Sub, it'd be doing sub seven minute miles. Like you could do six that. You'd probably do that right now. Maybe. I don't know. I think you could do that right now. Well, so maybe I'll test myself on that. And then with weightlifting, I, I like to do the heavier compound lifts with fewer reps, just like very strength training based. So um, the best, best strength t- training uh, program is just five sets of five. That's what I do. That's exactly what I do. So I got my squat up to 135 and the deadlift up to 200 pounds. Nice. So I will say um, deadlift is not a great exercise to do. Oh, it's the best cycling exercise though. I've, I've heard in a lot of places if uh, deadlift is the most dangerous lift to do. But here is how you do it much more safely as a cyclist is use the trap bar. The what? The trap bar. What's that? So the, a big reason why the deadlift is, so you've probably heard that it's, if you mess up the form, it's really That's bad, the thing, right? Is that you can easily mess up the form and if right. you do, you're going to, you're going to uh, tweak your back. Yeah, and I totally I t- agree. Back with that. when I was weightlifting, mm-hmm. I have tweaked my back, and it's one of the most painful things you will ever feel. So I totally agree with that, and that's not what I'm trying to do because that's bad. But with a de- with the deadlift bar, so if you're just deadlifting on a bar, you have to bend over your knees, and you've got to pull it up really close to your knees. I mean, yeah. oftentimes you go really hardcore. You, late. you uh, lean back on your heels, uh-huh. and you actually start with the bar against your ankles. Yeah. And you, you just follow your, uh, the front of your, what is that? Your shin. 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 Yeah. You follow the, the front. Term for it. Yes. You follow the, the, you follow your, sh- your shin all the way up to the knee. Yeah. And then you, you, you know, you snap your hips. Right. But if you, if you lose track of that bar while it's against your shin, if it goes out too far. And or a if lot you of, start, if you start right. punching your back. And a lot of times because the bar is so close to your shin, you'll cut your shins with the bar. Oh, that's fine. Well, I'm not. It just happens a lot, right? You but add to the callus the buildup of the callus on the bar. It's a fair. rite of passage. No, no, it, that's fair. That's fair. No arguing against that. <laughs> but when you use a trap bar, a trap bar is a square that you stand in the middle. Okay. And you grab it, and you. Can, I mean, technically, you know, if you're going for a, a powerlifting, you know, whatever. If you're a powerlifter, you only do a dumbbell or a barbell deadlift. But since you're a cyclist and you don't care about powerlifting, um, you can use a trap bar, and that way you don't have to worry about the bar tracing up your ankles, and you're just going straight up. You're going sure. It's I mean it's it's a way safer okay. way to do it. Um, the form and technique is obviously important, but it's easier to keep it like consistent. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's what I do. I do trap bar deadlifts. Okay. They're much safer. I'd also um, recommend doing it just with dumbbells. Dumbbells is a good way to do it. Yeah, dumbbells is hard to build the weight up though. That's fine. Honestly, I would not do a lot like heavy weight on deadlifts. So the, with even the, with even, the deadlifts, um, even so, like strongmen, mm-hmm. they recommend unless you're training to do deadlift, don't do that deadlift. So now I, I have looked at a lot of weightlifting stuff in regards to cycling, and the, routinely the best lift that's always recommended is a deadlift. So and that's because it's so 
um, specific to the muscles that you actually use in cycling. And I'm not a doctor. This is just kind of like the stuff that I've looked into and read. Uh, and I don't, I don't exactly know why, but deadlift is always recommended. Sure. But I mean, even the amount of deadlifting. It's because it hits your, it hits like your glutes. Your, your glutes, your posterior yeah. chain. It's all that back, the back yeah. of your muscles. Which is a lot of times people don't utilize, so it kind of wakes it up too. Yeah. Where your um, glutes are at, I think it's like 60% of your stroke is yeah. from your glutes. Yeah. And I just do a really simple. Um, don't quote me on that though. Something that's like fine. That. We're not doctors. We're not uh, doctors. So I do a really simple strength routine where I just do squat and deadlift. So the emphasis on the squat. So I do five sets of five with the squat, keeping the reps Mm -hmm. really short. So, and then trying to make it so however much I'm lifting, I'm able to move it fast. So I'm not like loading. Explosivity. Exactly. You're not loading up the bar so you can barely squeak out the five reps. You should be like comfortably moving that weight up pretty quick. Um, So I do that. And then with the deadlift, I only do the deadlift once, maybe twice a week at a heavy weight. And the move, so I'm only, I'm warming up and I'm doing one set of five. That's it. Hmm. So I'm not, I'm not like spending a ton of time deadlifting. Okay. You don't need to do it that much at a heavy weight. You just need to hit a couple uh, low rep, high weight deadlifts, get the benefit, you're done. You don't need to like crank your back. What I would recommend, uh, is instead of doing a full deadlift is doing more like a straight dead a straight leg deadlift so you're not you're, you don't drop the bar you kind of go like halfway down your shin mm, okay and then you come back up and it's just more so that that hip pop oh yeah so you can you can kind of focus on keeping your back straight yeah uh there's, there's less form involved you definitely shouldn't be lifting the same amount of weight doing that kind of no. deadlift as you would like i said a i would deadlift but i wouldn't yeah. recommend doing heavy weight when you're deadlifting unless you are very confident with the form mm, so fair. i would be doing like 60%, 70% of your max mm. uh, for the five sets of five. Um, no, and, and I don't, like I said, I don't do, I don't think most sure. programs recommend five by five for a deadlift. I the, think it's usually the, a one by five. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The, the five sets of five is, uh, it's like the standard for um, building muscle. It's, it's like it's strength. No, no, no yeah, I think it's, it's actually it's for strength. strength. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not necessarily building not muscle. Not so much. Yeah, it's densing muscle, but it's yeah. building strength. That's kind of the set standard for building strength. Yeah. Um, if you want to build uh, size, that's when you get into like the, the five sets of 15. Mm-hmm. So like when I was uh, weightlifting a lot, I'd do like two days of five sets of fives and two days of uh, five sets of 15. Yeah. Just so you hit your strength and you hit your size. Um, if you for cycling you don't want to hit size so you want to just get rid of that five sets of 15 you want to just focus on that five sets of five because you're not going to gain as much mass yeah it's more just dense in the muscle also too i feel like you can get in the gym like when i'm in the gym doing like those weightlifting routines i'm only spending like 30 minutes doing actual and that and there's a ton of rest in between the sets too i'm not trying to like you should. I don't think you should be leaving the gym feeling like you can hardly walk. If you want to make gains, both cycling and weightlifting, short abbreviated weightlifting sessions, mm-hmm. focusing on those low reps. If you're going in the, in the gym, doing a ton of like high rep work, your legs feel crushed. Like yeah. I've tried that before, and I feel like as an endurance athlete, you always think, well, I need like three by thirty. You know, I need to do these like super high rep exercises. And they take a lot out of you. I mean, I don't think you can really concurrently do hard bike training and then go into the gym 
and do a ton of high rep, you know, an hour worth of consistent weightlifting, there's no way you can do both. That's that's my opinion. Yeah. And what I've personally experienced too, like I've I've tried to do both and I've just crumbled. Like yeah. legs like, are constantly sore. When we go to the gym, if we do when we do legs, we do I do like a lot less. It, like we kind of said uh, at the beginning, like it's more just for um, the uh, stability. Stability, yeah. yeah. Yesterday, yeah. Um, but uh, we also we also focus a lot on core and balance. Yeah. So like pretty much every single gym has a bozu ball. Mm-hmm. Doing exercises with a bozu ball, especially if you can get like a uh, like a medicine ball mm-hmm. and like throwing it against like the the wall yeah and you can change it up like do sideway throws do front throws uh jump throw it land on the bozo ball catch it if like once you get the balance like you want to just continuously improve your balance especially if you're a mountain biker i always think it's really interesting if you watch i mean if you follow on instagram you'll see it but especially even on youtube a lot of the top professional mountain bikers they Kate do Courtney. yeah Kate Courtney you know Schroeder Peter Sagan, Peter Sagan even, yeah I mean there's a lot of balance they do a lot yeah they do a lot of balance they do a ton of balance and a ton of coordination work where they're yeah. they're both balancing and doing some kind of like um, mental mental coordination task like I think Nino Schroeder actually juggles yeah He'll, like balance I saw there's a video of him doing the thing where you have a board and you put like you put that board on like a foam roller just like a cylinder and you kind of like you're surfing but like you're balancing and he's so good at that where you can like switch it back and mm-hmm. forth um, and I think when you're a mountain biker it's intuitive that like oh yeah that's a great idea because everything you're doing is so technical but I don't know why more people that are into crit racing don't do that yeah, as well Crit racing crit is extremely racing, technical yeah. and everything's coming at you really fast and on the last or the last five mm-hmm. laps um, people are diving in you and you're like trying to like nail lines and you're moving like at 30 miles an hour um, but I never see like anything on top crit riders doing that kind of work and maybe they do but I think that's kind of some stuff that I would love to incorporate into my training this year is yeah. like that coordination work and just balance and like what you guys are talking about the bosu ball stuff like that seems like a, a win for sure yeah and the whole thing is there's two aspects to balance is one it's uh muscle memory yep but the second is balance all comes from core yeah so working on balance is working on core it's kind yep. of a dual process can't work on one without the other yeah yeah so and then also too if you don't have a bosu ball say you're just at home um doing like single leg things like standing on one leg and throwing even if like you're in an apartment throwing a tennis ball against the wall Mm -hmm. and like trying to catch it like throw it with one hand catch it with the other just anything that kind of just makes you work your balance Uh is gonna is really gonna help i uh so i really got hooked on to this netflix series on f1 racing the drive to survive series which is highly recommended great series really interesting but it's so interesting because the way those guys train they're constantly like you know they're going almost 200 miles an hour around these tracks and like at the speeds they're going they have to have super high reflexes and i just keep thinking like that has to be such an important skill for bike racing too just reflexes like you know when something happens um like in the bunch and you're trying to move through really tight spaces and people like are um shimmying and like leaning on each other and like quick moving it's like man how important is it to just be quick like mentally quick just like see something happening and boom just like act um so yeah i think 
that's something that I'm definitely going to also incorporate into my training this year. And it sounds like you guys are already doing that. Yeah. Um, I think that's pretty good. We just hit about 40 minutes. All right. Sounds good. Time to wrap it up, I think, right? Yeah. Cool. Um, is there any last thoughts you had? Anna, any last thoughts? Anna's getting new cycling shoes. Pretty. Oh, what kind? Bomb Trigger Sonics. Oh, nice. I think is the one that we landed on. Solid. Yeah. What color? cheaper, but I don't need the... What color? White. Uh, white. white. Oh, white. nice. Yeah. Very fancy. I want to get away from my grandpa. Black Velcro shoes. Hey, man, I got black shoes. It was kind of funny. Black Velcro. I'm just kidding. White shoes are always... We white shoes are. stun the guy at Trek. White I shoes are cooler than going into shoes. bike shops with Anna. And like when we're shopping for Anna, and he goes, oh, people always go, oh, what kind of bike do you ride? Expecting to be like, oh, I ride a hybrid or something. And, uh-huh. like, and, she, and she's like, oh, I ride a specialized delay. And it, like the look on every single person is just like, <laughs> yeah. huh? He's like, oh, What's that? <laughs> nice. Well, solid. Tis the season to get your new gear and swag for the That's next my year. Christmas birthday gifts. Uh, I'm also getting some new shoes, so maybe we'll get matching white shoes. Ooh, get us get Sonics. I might get some Sonics. That's the women's shoe. He kept trying to get the guy shoes for me. I'm like, yeah, well, he kept grabbing the guy and shoes. And like, I was just like, can we try on the women's and I was like, shoes? Yeah, <laughs> the come Sonic, on. The women's version goes, oh yeah, and I was like, okay, I already have size five. I don't five think that and a half it's like feet. there's no way the uh, men's size goes small enough for her. No, you have tiny, you have tiny. She, she is about feet. as tiny of feet as it gets. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, all right, well, nice. Sounds like you guys got some new shoes. I'll get some new shoes pretty soon, too. What kind are well, you thinking? I don't know. I honestly have just had the thought that I need new shoes because this this will be like my sec two and a half, two and a, yeah, no, my third year on a pair of shoes, and they're getting a little ratty, so time to get some new ones. I am to like trainer road program for biking i'm doing the triathlon program this winter yeah. instead of oh, biking. Nice. do you want to quick talk about what you're doing oh yeah, yeah what so are you I'm doing? doing the triathlon program nice so kind of for i'm gonna cut it on the crit racing okay. not, not it's not so for want, everybody it's not, not for, for everyone yeah. no, i want to keep biking and i want to keep doing stuff so i decided to try the trainer road program of triathlon. nice so you're doing the base build specialty yeah and they have that with the triathlon too so nice. i'm doing that one has about two rides a week, so Ryan's going to add in a third ride. He's going to pick a third ride for me a week mm, Nice. if I need more. And then they just have swim workouts and run workouts, and I can kind of do them as switch out the days if I need to. But on my days off, I like to get a workout in the morning, and then I'll bike with Ryan in the afternoon. So Pretty solid. Kitten and We have a kitten I, in the podcast studio. I uh, oh, recalibrated my bike. And my FT may have been FTP may have been way off the last year because of that. So we'll see how it goes this year. Nice, Leo. Any last thoughts? Okay, so oh, a little so, lower than I expected. I was a little, little uh, taken back. But yeah. hey, it's the off season though. But um, anyway, so before we wrap it up, too, since. Uh, I know we're going to be a little bit of a longer podcast, but this is the start of season three of our podcast, which season is three. crazy, right? Why don't we talk about like maybe one or two goals race goals that we have for the year like what kind of racing that we're going to be doing uh, ryan do you want to start off and we'll just kind of go around the table uh i'm going to be doing probably half mountain bike racing half crit racing nice but um my pretty much the only goal i have is to get a cat 2 upgrade which um i mean i'm already pretty close so i don't think that's a huge goal but um it's attainable though yeah it's attainable it takes but some work besides that i don't really have too much expectations any particular race on the calendar that you are looking forward to want to do um, new for you toad of course is always a great one of course our I, favorite i always want to get on the podium at toad um mm-hmm. besides that i don't have any race in particular that like i have to do okay. i'm just kind of gonna 
you know, do them as they come. Nice. All right. Kind of have an open mentality. Cool. Anna, what about you? Have you put any races on the calendar yet? Not any races yet, but I want to get some sprint triathlons, hopefully by the end, get an Olympic in. And our goal is we're going to see when we go to Europe in September for our honeymoon if we can do a half marathon there. If they have any races, we don't want to do a full. In Italy. Whoa. I still want to do, I don't want to do, so I want to relax. I don't want to do quite a full marathon. But a half. Then, yeah. We'll both be ready with our training for a half. So if there's a race in Italy that we can do, I think. That'd be pretty rad. There, we want to do that. Very cool. Um, nice. That's awesome. Uh, my goals this year are pretty similar to yours, Ryan. Uh, like I said, I, I took a lot of time off last year and just kind of chilled, did some riding for fun. Really looking forward to just doing a lot of races. I don't really have like a super um, specific outcome goal other than like I just want to be, you know, in a good fitness to where I have fun racing. There's racing where you're racing to just like absolutely hold on. And then there's racing where you feel like you're actually contending even in the top half of the race which feels much better so i just kind of want to be at that point where i feel good in a race and i feel like i kind of belong there if that makes sense uh so crits want to do some crits some mountain bike races especially ones that are a little bit closer to us some wars races i think that'd be a lot of fun um i already have thought a lot about the races i want to do i think snake alley would be a lot of fun We've never done that before. It's in Iowa. It's a four-day weekend or three-day weekend if we if we don't want to take off work. Um, I think we should go to Gateway again at the end of the year. I think that'd be fun. And then uh, Toad, obviously. And then another thing, it's not really a race that I think would be a lot of fun, is doing Raw uh, right across Wisconsin, which is 200 miles across Wisconsin. 225. Um, and actually, I worked at the race this year, and it's not a race; it's a ride. It's definitely not a race. Uh, maybe it's a race in like the very front. But I thought that was actually a really cool event, and uh, it's kind of expensive, but at the same time, it's like three hundred dollars. But you really get what you pay for, which is yeah. transportation, tons of rest stops. You don't have to carry any food; like you don't have to worry about any nutrition. There's food all the way. So I think uh, that would be kind of fun to do, kind of cool to do. Yeah. The nice thing about raw is typically in Wisconsin, um, you get a east or a west to east wind. Right. Nine Nine. days out of ten, it's a west to east wind. So no headwind. So typically, you get a very nice tailwind the entire ride. Last year, I think, like most people were doing twenty plus miles per hour. Yeah, like ten higher, like two hundred twenty-five miles. Like the um. Excuse me. Um, I think the front group of riders that came in did it in like 10 hours and change, which is insane because that's like a 22 mile an hour average for 200 miles. So pretty impressive. Even pretty casual riders were coming in at like 12 hours. Yeah. No, I I think that'd be pretty fun to do, especially if we had like a good group of people together to do it. Maybe we could uh, convince Matt to do it with us. Maybe Tommy would come back from Colorado and do it with us. So. We'll see. I don't we'll know. See. Convincing Ryan. Well, well see. no, Ryan actually brought it up. You even I think you I brought the, it up last year. You were the one that said you're. I like, will say last year I, it was, which such was like a nice day. It was such a nice day, and it was like a ten or fifteen mile per hour tailwind. Oh yeah, it was. Last really, year would have been the perfect. Last time to year would have been. I'm not gonna lie. I would be a little disappointed if I it was, if it was raining and we did it. That would. Part of me thinks like I just wouldn't do it. I think I still would. I don't think it's worth three hundred dollars. Uh, if I paid three hundred dollars for twelve hours, uh, oh god, you'd chafe so bad. It would probably be one of the most miserable miserable days of your life. Maybe, 
but still remember it. You'd remember it either way. Uh, no. If you didn't do it, you wouldn't remember it. Um, all right, cool. Yeah, I like I get really excited about putting things on the calendar, and I love doing races kind of regardless of if I'm even considering or in the contention to win. So I'm very excited for next season. I think we're all pretty excited for next season. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun, and that's kind of all I got. So all right. I think that's pretty much everything for the episode. Do you guys want anything to add? No. Cool. Well, all you listeners can follow us on our various social media channels. Uh, we mostly post our new episodes on Facebook. Once in a while, mm-hmm. we'll post a picture on Instagram. And then we just kind of have whatever else, Twitter and the, all those fun things. So follow us at Bike Racing. Bike Race Weekly. Bike Race, we, race Weekly. Excuse me. Jeez. Uh, I'm getting it kind of right. And, uh, yeah, until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>